0: My brothers and sisters in Christ. At some point in our life, we all struggle with three key um, fundamental questions. Who am I? Where do I fit? And what difference do I make? The first question is a question of identity. The second one is one of belonging. Belonging. And that last one is one of purpose. Today, as we look at a section from 1 Peter, which I read just a few minutes ago, we're going to see the answer to all of these questions. And actually, how we answer these questions are intermingled with how Jesus would answer them about Himself. So today, as we continue this sermon series, different we see that we have a different calling. So let's look again at those words that Peter wrote in his first letter. He said, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to, the, to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble on a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they're destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. So very clearly there, Peter describes Jesus as that living stone. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. interesting section describes both jesus and us in in a lot of different ways and the way it describes jesus is as that living stone which is a little weird because stones aren't alive maybe you had a a pet rock way back when but it wasn't alive jesus very much is alive what peter's doing here is he's using several old testament references that talk about the messiah the savior jesus and calls him different types of stones. these are probably passages that Peter learned when he was a young boy growing up and and one of the, the illustrations or one of the stones that he's called is that of a, a corner stone. Now, unless you are involved with uh, masonry and, and laying brick and, and, and stone or you're involved with construction probably don't think of a cornerstone the right way, at least as, as Peter's using it. You know, normally, when we might think of a cornerstone today, it's, it's this a decorative stone, usually on some older buildings, that has the, the year that the building was built. Um, actually, there's one right outside those wood doors uh, to my left that has 1950. It's when this building was dedicated. Across the street at the school building, there's several of those cornerstones. But that's not what Peter's talking about. The type of cornerstone Peter is talking about is not a decorative stone. It's actually, usually back then, the first stone that was laid. Uh, Think of something like this. It's the very bottom, the very corner. Now, you understand, right? This is back then. This is before they had manufactured brick and things like this. Every stone was hand cut. So that cornerstone, that first stone, that was probably the best stone they had. Because everything for the rest of the building was built off that cornerstone. If it was not perfectly a 90 degree angle, that building would not be square. If the sides of that stone were were slightly bending in or out, then the rest of that wall would lean in or, or lean out. Everything was built off and went off of that cornerstone. So Jesus, being our Cornerstone means that, that our lives are, are, get guidance and, and, and direction from Him. Now, Peter uses another word to describe Jesus as a stone, and although in the translation I read earlier, it called Him cornerstone a second time, a, a better way to translate that Greek word would be that of a capstone. A capstone is really part of an arch. The, it, it is that topmost stone of the arch. It, it holds, it bears the weight and, and the pressure from the other stones and, and also bears the weight from any of the stones, anything above it. So, so as a capstone, Jesus bears our weight. He, he, he lifts our weight. He, he takes our burden. Now, there's a third Way a third stone that Peter uses to describe Jesus. That's a stumbling stone. Here's verse 8 of this section, and and this is a different translation. I think this this, uh, explains it just a little bit better. It says, It's a stone over which they stumble, and a rock over which they fall, because they continue to disobey the word. They stumble over it, and that is the consequence appointed for them. The idea is that Jesus is, 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 is a stone in the ground and someone stumbles, they, they, they trip over it. Uh, maybe a modern way to explain that? if You walk around the house and you have little Lego pieces everywhere and you step on them? You're going down. <laughs> on your knees or on your butt, but you're going down because it hurts. That that's what Jesus is to those who... Well, it's like someone who's building... Uh, with stone, and and they take a stone, they look at it. It's not the right shape, and they discard it. That's what people did with Jesus when he walked on this earth. They looked at him, and they they discarded him. They had no need for him. That's what people do today. They reject Jesus, and as a result, they fall, and they lose out. You know, it's interesting. If if you like movies, there's there's all sorts of interesting trivia about movies. How Certain roles have been offered to actors and they, they looked at the script, they didn't like it, and they, they turned down the offer. And yet the movie was made and it became this huge mega success and made all these awards. And there's some rather famous examples of that. John Travolta was offered the role of Forrest Gump. Turn it down. Burt Reynolds was offered to be Han Solo in Star Wars. Turn it down. Uh, There's some others. Uh, Emily Blunt was offered the role of Black Widow in all the Marvel movies. Turned it down. Christian Bale turned down being James Bond after Pierce Brosnan. And even uh, Tom Selleck turned down being Indiana Jones. You know, actors turning down roles and not being part of a great success, that's one thing. Someone rejecting Jesus that has eternal consequences. Now Peter, he, he described Jesus in a number of ways. He also describes us in a number of ways. He says we are also like living stones. This is what he said. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We, we get the picture, we get the idea, right? Jesus is that living cornerstone and we are being built on top of him as living stones ourselves. And, and Peter goes on and describes us in a number of other ways. He says, But you... Our chosen priesthood, a royal, a chosen people, a a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's actually break this down. First, Peter says we are a chosen people. God chose you. You're not an accident. God chose you. More than that, he says, you're a royal priesthood. There's actually two ideas there, right? Royal. I mean, Every girl that likes Disney wants to be a Disney princess, right? We are all royalty. We've been adopted into God's family. You are God's prince and God's princess. But it's not just that we're royal. It says we are a royal priesthood. You know, that the priests back in the day, they're the ones that made all those animal sacrifices day after day, multiple times every day in that temple. How are we a, a priesthood? Well, earlier Peter said this, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We don't offer animal sacrifices. It's, what we offer is ourselves, our lives, our choices, our, 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 our money, our, our skills, our abilities. We, we offer ourselves. And those are pleasing and acceptable only through Jesus Christ. Now Peter continues, he says, we are a holy nation. Uh, don't, don't think of a, a nation like the you know, United States. Uh, think of a, a group of people. A holy group of people. people that are set aside. Remember that that's what holy means? It means set aside. It means different from the rest. That's us. And not only that, we are God's special possession not like a Christmas gift, last Christmas you don't even remember where you put it. (laughs) No, you are God's special possession. All these things describe us. Martin Luther put all this together and and he used the phrase that we are the priesthood of all believers. And to understand that, you really have to understand how life was built like back at Martin Luther's time. Um, Especially, the church was just so different, especially if you talk about worship. So if you went to worship back early 1500s, you come whenever you want to during the service. There would be no pews. You'd you'd stand for the whole time. You wouldn't be able to see the priest. There would be a a very decorative wall between you and, and the priest. You could hear him. But you wouldn't understand them because you would always speak Latin. Maybe you sang a little bit, but more likely most of the singing was done by a choir. And the only reason you'd go to church was because you were told that you know, by doing that, you'd help yourself get to heaven. Well, Martin Luther looked at the Bible and said, uh, No. <laughs> what you do has nothing to do with you earning God's favor and getting to heaven. But more than that, Luther also looked at the Bible and saw that you know, what it says about our response to God's forgiveness and salvation. And that's why he called it the, the priesthood of all believers. When we come to church, it's not that we hear, sit and, and, and just watch someone else, the professionals, do it. No, you... This is something we all do. We all worship. We all participate. You don't need to go to a priest to to intercede for you to to God. You can go directly to God in prayer. Remember when Jesus died? That the temple was torn in two? That curtain in the temple was torn in two? We have direct access to God. We are the, the priesthood of all believers. That's what we are. But is that how you act? Are we more like the people back in Luther's day who just sit back and watch everything else happen? Watch someone else do it? Not living out what what God has, has made us to be, how He has gifted us. How much do we keep silent when we should say something and? How much do we uh, say things when we should be quick to listen? How much do we expect someone else to step up and support the kingdom? How much do we literally sit in the pew and model to our kids, this is what you do just to do what's right. Instead of this is what you do to honor God. What did Peter say? He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are. The people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Don't I just love that last bit here? Once we were not a people of God, but now we are. Once we had not received God's mercy, we were objects of God's wrath, but now we have received his mercy. Jesus was rejected so that we wouldn't be. Jesus received that punishment on the cross so that we wouldn't. It is because of Jesus that we're forgiven. Jesus is that foundation. It is because of Jesus that that we are God's people, His His chosen people, a royal priesthood, a special possession. It's because of Jesus that that everything builds off of. I, I think it's significant that Peter calls us living stones and not bricks. You know, think of bricks. Bricks are are manufactured. Every brick is the same shape, same color. It's it's uniform. But that's not us. We are living stones. We each have our own unique shape. You know, I, I wish I'd thought of doing this, taking a picture during our lobby refresh this last year. You know, you know the, the welcome home wall there, and, and there's that stone behind the, the, the cross there. I, I wish I'd taken a picture because I was watching the guy. He, he, would, he would take one stone and, and, and put it there, and then he'd find this, no, find, that, find the one that fits best next to it, and do that for that whole section there. Each stone has its own special place because each stone is a different shape, different size. That's us. We're all unique. We all have have different gifts. We have different experiences, different personalities. We, we have different spiritual gifts. We have, we're all unique. And God, the, the master builder, has put us all together into His chosen people, holy nation, a royal priesthood, a family believer. I wish I'd taken a picture of that because it's a perfect illustration of this. We have different shapes, but we are all united with the same purpose. And Peter reminds us of that. He says, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. I'm going to go back to those first three questions I talked about, right? Those questions that every teenager, someone in their 20s is constantly in front of them. Who am I? Where do I fit? What difference do I make? That's why this last week actually we had uh, the 8th graders from Illinois Lutheran School take a little break and and come on over here and, and go through this and look at God's Word and they answered those questions. Who am I? God's redeemed child. Where do I fit? Into his royal priesthood, as a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And what difference do I make? An eternal one. As we declare the praises of him who called us out of the darkness of our sin into his wonderful light. Now, of course, these questions are not just questions teenagers ask These are questions we all ask. And when you think about it, how we answer them is interconnected how Jesus would answer them. Because who is Jesus? God in the flesh. Where does He fit in? Heaven and earth, because He came here to be one of us. What difference did He make? A glorious eternal one in our lives, being rejected in our place so that we would have a home in heaven. Now that, that makes a difference. And for us then, that makes a different calling. Because think about it, what, what purpose do people have without Jesus? It's, it's to be the fittest, the best. It's, it's to um, do whatever you want. But you and I, we have a different calling. To declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His wonderful light. That is our different calling. Amen.